0: Welcome to the Outlaw Radio Show with Zach Adams. My name is Zach, and I pastor a church located just outside of Athens, Georgia. The name of the church is Calvary 316. If you're listening locally, we would love for you to come and join us. Our service is at 1030. You can learn more about the church via our website, which is calvary316.tv.com.org.net. We own them all. Very easy to find us. Just go to the Google machine and type in calvary Three Sixteen and you'll find us. I do hope you stay with me over the next hour as we seek to deconstruct the negative perceptions of Christians by boldly and brashly discussing today's relevant topics in an honest and a genuine way. Uh, Today is one of these unique episodes. We're kind of calling these a 751-mile conversation. I am joined uh, today by my
1: producer, Josh Brown. Welcome to the Outlaw Radio Show, as always. Zach, thanks for having me. I love being a part of the Outlaw Radio Show. And we've done three of these
0: thus far. This is uh, this is kind of part yep. four of really what's what's an it's an ongoing conversation mm-hmm. that you and I are having about life, about things that are happening in our culture, things that yeah. are, are in the news, um, personal stuff, and yeah. um, we've had great feedback at this point from the first three episodes. And uh, a buddy of mine actually called me, and he said uh, he said, "Man." It was like you were both interviewing each other, which made this really cool dynamic. And the topics were just all over the place, but it kept it engaging and light and fun. And so I just want the audience to know we're kind of going into this with zero script. Uh, <laughs> Josh uh, is freaking out about that because yeah, that's he likes right. to micromanage everything. I do. Um, yes, but we're going into this um, with no script. Just, he's been thinking about things. I've been thinking about things. We live in the same world that you, the audience, live in. Mm-hmm. And thus, uh, those are the things that we want to talk about. Now, I, I do want to start. So, we 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 set up creatively this entire thing by calling it, and, and for the audience to understand, we kicked around a lot of, like, what do we call this? So, it's part of the Outlaw Radio Show, but it's different. right? Um, and so, how do we kind of brand what we're doing? And uh, we had a lot of really terrible ideas <laughs> and um, really corny, cheesy names for it. And then we just landed on a 751 mile conversation because the distance from my studio to your studio happens to be, audience, you ready for it? 751 <laughs> miles. Perfect. And it was. It was great. Now here's the problem. Um, since since the last episode. You being the genius that you are, have decided to move. (laughs) Yes,
1: yes. My family's moving in about three weeks. But here's the thing. Are you ready for this, Zach? I am ready. The show name won't change. Because I'm literally moving uh, like three, maybe four miles from my current house. So uh, the new recording studio is going to be built. Uh, as part of uh, as part of the house, uh, the lower side of the house, maybe we're still thinking about something uh, possibly different on a lot across the street from us. Um, but no, no changes, so we're good. So it'll
0: be. We'll have to retitle the show though. An approximately 751 <laughs> mile conversation. A guesstimation. A guess almost a 700 give or take a 751 mile conversation as
1: the crow flies
0: <laughs> now now i bring this up not just to kind of throw you off your game right off the bat because right. you're going to have to get personal here okay uh, but but i'm but there's a, a purpose behind this because okay so a lot of people you know we we so as we, we jessica and i bought our first house right um in two thousand and seven, that was not our permanent home. That was not going to be mm-hmm. our our life home. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not where we wanted to particularly uh, raise raise our family. Uh, it was a starter home. Uh, our our four to five year plan, because the the economy turned into you know about an eight year plan, and then we moved to another home in a different community, um, actually closer to Calgary three sixteen, which was what our heart was. Um, but but we move. Everybody moves. Right. Um, who knows when the Lord will will lay it on our hearts to move again? Right. Uh, I'd like to think that I'm here uh, in this house for uh, an extended period of time, but but it's not it's not an abnormal thing in American culture, American society for people to move, uh, not just for bigger houses or to downsize or right. or just financially. It's our biggest investment so you're wanting to to turn a profit. People move because of their job, people move because uh, there's there's all kinds of reasons that the area is going downhill, you want to move to a nicer a nicer area. It's got nothing to do with your house, it has everything to do with your neighborhood. Right. I want I want you to kind of because everyone faces these type of decisions about moving and you have just gone through this process. Right. Um, I think it would be very helpful for us to talk, uh, for you to share about some of the things that you weighed Mm -hmm. as you're trying to make this decision to move from one house to another. um, Because I know and, and... I know that your decision was even just beyond, like you ended up landing locally just a couple miles away, yeah. but you were you were looking at moving out of state, moving to a whole yep. different area, one yep. coast, the other coast. You and I have had these conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So you had a lot of factors that you were weighing in making this decision, churches, uh, yep. ministry, yep. business. Um, share with the audience a little bit of what your mindset was as you were processing these things.
1: Yeah, you know, uh, to to take maybe the short way around the barn, uh, uh, if you're familiar with that phrase. That um, must be a, an Indiana thing. <laughs> it is, it is. It's it's uh, it's uh, Indiana talk for don't talk too much. Tell the story in, a, in the least amount of time as possible.
0: Well, I appreciate you breaking that down for a sophisticated <laughs> Georgian like
1: myself who knows nothing of barns. Yeah. Yeah, we um, we've been praying and thinking about moving for the last uh, well almost three years, and um, really a very difficult uh, uh, decision for us, Zach. I I think you've you've heard of that phrase, analysis paralysis. You know, for for our family, we just had virtually unlimited uh, options and choices, and sometimes that can be. A detriment, and and the reason I say, and some people might be listening, and say, "Wait a minute, that doesn't sound like a bad thing at all." Well, let me describe to you uh, why it was a challenge for us. So, I've been a worship pastor for eighteen or nineteen years, something like that. So, I have an opportunity to serve and to help churches to be able to go into a church and and lead worship and and hopefully be a blessing. Okay, my business, his productions. We we produce radio programming, television, video, uh, website, all sorts of different things. Hey, you and got that
0: television in there. I know that's a new we, thing.
1: That is a new thing. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Um, But it, it's really uh, virtual. So my entire staff is all over the country, you know, uh, and I could pick up the studio and move it anywhere as long as I have a, a solidly designed control room, an acoustically tuned room. I could do my work uh, pretty much anywhere. So for us, it was like we could go here, we could go there, and and I travel. Zach, you know, I go to a ton of of uh, conferences, pastors' conferences every year, and I, I, you know, I get into conversations with pastors, and bro, you'd be surprised how many churches, and I don't mean small churches, um, four or five hundred people churches, that don't have a worship leader. So we. <laughs> We had a lot of different offers from, from people that love us and, and, and wanted us to come and move to their area to lead worship and to serve and and to be a part uh, of what uh, God's doing in their churches. And so, you know, those options were really front and center. These were the things I, that we were thinking about.
0: I should add, yeah, you know, you, you frame this that there's a lot of people that love you. Yes. Um, <laughs> I just need to make it clear to the audience that that's... That's not true. Uh, there's not a lot of people uh, that love Josh. The a reason handful. That, the reason that there was a lot of people interested is that Josh worship leads for free. Yes. Uh, so he has his job. He has his job, but it's it's the Lord's calling on his heart that worship is his ministry, and yes. he doesn't want to be paid for it. So churches that are big or small are thinking, I can get a worship leader. <laughs> for free it's not that they love you it's that they they love how much you cost them did, I just did don't everyone just hear
1: your, that uh, I don't, as i was thrown under the bus
0: i don't want to <laughs> well in full disclosure i was lobbying you to come to calvary you 316 were. and help you with were. andy who's yes. also our volunteer worship leader yeah. uh, who does a wonderful job so yeah and, I, and at some point your life will fall apart wherever you are and you'll end <laughs> up at calvary 316 i'm aware of that oh
1: zach this so back back to know. your
0: story back to your story
1: yeah 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 well for us moving was when, was when really i said di-
0: back to your story that was me passing it back to yeah, you that was
1: my cue I and missed that was it. your
0: yeah no so there was a moment of awkward silence there sorry audience
1: <laughs> yeah so so for us moving was was really challenging because we had all all, all these um great people who wanted I'll, I'll just phrase it the way you phrased it wanted to take advantage of a free worship leader <laughs> and and uh offered us that's to the come. truth It—it it is you know and i'm okay with that it's it's really <laughs> you know uh, i i'm fine with that but um yeah, so we had these opportunities. We had a lot of churches that we serve already, churches like Calvary three three sixteen, other churches, and had kind of a kindred spirit, just a heart. Coinania Fellowship. Whenever I was hanging with these people, and so, dude, we prayed about a lot of things. And Zach, you know that. Um,
0: Re- real quick, I and yeah. I hate to I hate to cut you off again because you're telling a story, right? But one of one of the pet peeves, and you know this about our radio show, yes. is that we try to absolutely avoid cliches so you just dropped a phrase that within like church like you dropped a churchese phrase okay that that if you're not a christian you're listening to this and you're like what in the world did he just reference so you gotta you gotta unpack what koinonia fellowship oh yes okay what that actually means to someone that might not that might not be in the church
1: so listener anytime you read the word fellowship or communion in the New Testament scriptures. We get our New Testament scriptures from the Greek language. And when you translate that word, and there's probably some other words, uh, when you translate that word from English, which is what we're reading, obviously, back to the Greek, you get a Greek word that uh, as you pronounce it, it's koinonia. And this is a special kind of, uh, of connection that believers have with one another it's based upon the presence of god's spirit mutual convictions um zach help me out there's probably some other things that would help define okay koinonia. i don't need a,
0: we don't no one needs a sermon at okay there we, we go what you mean by koinonia fellowship is that there was a community connection like a connection. you had a yeah. relationship a friendship a connection yeah. yeah so with various churches which makes this decision more difficult because it was Yes. You, you yes. have people out there that you love, that you would love to plug into their community.
1: Yes. Yeah. And for us, Zach, I mean, again, we'll, we'll use the short short way around the barn. We came out of a really difficult church uh, situation. And so we were kind of, you know how it is when you go through an experience and you're kind of gut shot and now you're afraid. You know, I, I don't know what to do. God, I I feel like I made all these mistakes in this past experience i don't want to carry that over so you're kind of gun shy with making decisions so we kind of had that monkey on our back we're trying to to make a decision that we feel like god wants us to make that's good for my my wife my kids uh all all those sorts of things and so yeah we prayed about a lot of different things and and it was really by uh i'll I'll preface this with uh i'm gonna give you the definition a divine appointment which is another churchy word listener that means God makes this connection in a specific moment in time that you could not perceive or set up. He just does this amazing radical thing that puts you in a place where other people are. That's exactly what he wants to do. And so that's what happened with us at the church we're currently at. Uh, And I've been, I've been leading worship there the last uh, almost three years, but Zach really some of the big things that that uh helped us decide uh was making a priority list and and that came through connecting with some guys uh in the calvary chapel movement bill goodrich in indianapolis as one roger allman in kalamazoo greg hill in south carolina and your dad sandy adams uh, i called these brothers and and received counsel and this right. priority list really helped us to make some decisions
0: well let's let's pause right there we're running against a hard break uh and then when we come back let's talk about a bit about that priority list okay and uh, and how that might be able to help uh the audience if if you're looking at maybe making a move uh, don't just react act with intention don't Mm -hmm. go anywhere Uh, you're listening to the outlaw radio
2: show hi my name is david guzik and i'm a friend of zach and the entire team at outlaw radio One of the things I like most about Outlaw Radio is Zach's desire to challenge Christians to think critically, ask relevant questions, and then pursue answers on their own. The sad reality is too many Christians don't know what they believe, yet alone why they believe what they do. This is why, in addition to Outlaw Radio tackling the tough topics you might not hear at church on Sundays, their desire is to equip, inspire, and challenge you to dig into God's Word and wrestle with these complex topics on your own. To help you in this process, Zach wanted me to let you all know of two free resources essential for any serious Bible student. Aside from my full Bible commentary available at EnduringWord.com, the resources you can access at blueletterbible.org will truly transform the way you study the Bible. Aside from their treasure trove of free commentaries, BlueLetterBible.org also has an incredible word search function, making it easy to dive into the original languages behind a biblical text. So if you want to dig deeper into your study of scripture, check out EnduringWord.com as well as BlueLetterBible.org.
0: Welcome back to the Outlaw Radio Show. I am joined by my dear friend, Josh Brown, and we are talking about... Uh, really anything right now the topic <laughs> happens to be his recent decision to move and how he went about mm-hmm. making that decision and uh, and we left things off by you describing that one of the things that was helpful is that you under the counsel of some some men that you really do respect and and mm-hmm. cherish, ironically, I was not listed uh, in that list. <laughs> Um, which I I was I, talking
1: about older I, guys, guys that yeah, have a lot okay, more experience cool. no, no, that you and yeah, I have.
0: Yeah, understood. No, I think everyone understands. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm not the only one hurt by this. Just letting you know, um, my wife is crying now. My kids. Um, anyway, oh. so let's get to let's get to the priority list. So, yeah. what were some of the things that that you listed as a priority that you were that you were grappling with, and, and for the audience? like sometimes there are things that the world places on your priority list right. that are right. non-negotiable. Like my job is moving. Right. Um, you know, my kid is struggling. You know, th- there are things that you have to weigh, but y- you had the luxury of just blank, blank sheet of yeah. paper, write it down. So walk us we through did. that.
1: We did. Yeah. We we had a uh, kind of a blank slate uh, to to make that priority list. And, and uh, Bill Goodrich really helped me think through that. And for us, um, The number one thing, the number one thing on our priority list, Zach, was our church family. It it was our church family. It was, we would not move to a place where we couldn't plug into a church, um, where we could both participate and we could be healthy and we could be a blessing to that church body, um, and, and that's kind of been the way my wife and I, you know, we've talked before on, on this show. We both come from a really radical lifestyle. And so when we got saved, the church became for real family to us. And so we, we pattern our lives around church, around the, the, the appointments, the meetings, church services, Bible studies, church events. It's just kind of part of our DNA now as a family. And so, That was number one. We weren't going to move someplace just because, uh, uh, you know, we thought it would be cool, but because it would be a church that we um, felt like God was calling us to. And and again, listeners, calling just means (laughs) that God wants you to be there, that you're supposed to be there, that you can't go anywhere else. You got to go to this place. So that was the number one thing for us. Zach, number two for us was family and I grew up in a home, my, my mom's uh, parents, my grandparents were divorced. One lived on the East coast. One lived in the Southwest. I think I saw them maybe a dozen times each until, I mean, my whole life uh, until I got older. Um, I I just didn't, my grandparents weren't a part of my life. My dad's side of the family, my, my grandparents lived in South Bend, Indiana, which isn't far from me. And they were completely crazy people, <laughs> people you didn't want your kids to be around. So I didn't I didn't spend much time with my grandparents. My kids, Zach, you and I have talked about this. My kids uh, spend at least one day a week with my parents and that my parents are believers, um, which is something for me as a younger guy, I value immensely. I value that experience. I value that maturity. I value... What happens when you've lived sixty and sixty five years? There are things, Zach, that you and I cannot know where we stand in life uh, because we just have not lived that long yet. We don't you, have
0: you also ahead. value you value free babysitting,
1: oh pfft, yeah, I mean, come on,
0: yeah, you're you're yeah. kind of you're, you know, you're burying the lead. I get I'm the, hyper you know, spiritualizing it, yeah, absolutely. It's yeah. like, yeah, I love my parents' wisdom and yes. Yes. and the fact that they're going to watch my kids for free
1: yeah and, and the truth of the matter is i literally i literally <laughs> my wife and i went away for the weekend or just one night this week this weekend it was awesome yeah. i got back i'm sitting at home getting things around and i text my mom and i'm like mom we want to go to this show up in kalamazoo in june can you watch the kids 15 minutes later mom says yes so yes th- that's a huge part right. of it i mean it's a yeah, huge part pretty, Free babysitting. Free babysitting. And, and again, back to the fact that I go to a lot of pastor's conferences. I love to bring my bride with me. And if I yes, can leave my absolutely. kids with my parents, she flies with me and, and it's wonderful. So, you know, church and family were huge. Uh, uh, Zach number three for us. Mm-hmm was the education and and it's not like most people think because most people think well I want to be in a good school system it's been our leading and our commitment uh, in our home we've homeschooled our kids so our kids don't go to public school they don't go to a Christian school Uh, my wife um, has taught them from home we used an an accredited school system uh, curriculum online and my kids are you know all their educations tracked nationally we really really like it it gives us a lot of freedom so we kind of wanted to find a homeschool uh, cooperative uh, a community, a church that had homeschool people involved um, because we want our kids to be, you know, we want them to thrive and flourish like everybody else. None of my kids are involved in sports. They're like, I mean, I was involved in sports in school, but they're musicians, all of them. Uh, in fact, my oldest son, Ian, he is a guitar instructor now. He teaches guitar. They um, are
0: all way more talented than you. By the oh way. gosh
1: Pfft. yes they are so far. much more
0: talented than you and 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 everyone is just so thankful that they also all of them get their looks from from their mother <laughs> and not their father yeah you know, there's a god in heaven who's the- gracious to children
1: <laughs> he, he is he is and i i agree with that that is absolutely can you true.
0: imagine your daughter with with your face it just
1: yeah woo! Yeah. Man, now, now there is. I, I have two <laughs> daughters, and my oldest daughter's fourteen. And let me tell you, I'm ready to beat her with the ugly stick.
2: Oh uh, boy!
1: Because I'm already. Those of you listeners out there, you dads who have older daughters in high school and, and older, ah, uh, pray for me. Oh. <laughs>
0: That took man, that took a hard right it did. into like a totally different topic that we're gonna like I'm not gonna take the bait because I wanna okay. stay on topic. Okay. I wanna stay with so you're 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 making decisions about moving. Yes. And yes. on your list it was number one, a church family. Yeah. We wanna make sure that yes. we're plugged into a church family. Number mm-hmm. two was was really family family, making sure that yep. your kids had this connecting point. Uh, with their grandparents, yes, uh, not just from just the the practical sense, but mm-hmm. just that connection to their heritage, and and also giving your parents that that opportunity yes. and honor and respect, and then the third one um, ends up being
1: education. Well,
0: anything yeah. else on the list, or just yeah, those three?
2: I
1: mean, we had we had some very you know, I would say pragmatic uh, priorities. One was you know taxes and real estate. I'm a small business owner and I do get pillaged (laughs) when it comes to taxes. We won't go there either. I tried to throw some bait there for you. Uh, Yeah. And real estate. I mean, you know, I live in Indiana. I live in Northern Indiana and there's some statistics that show that the Northern, particularly the Northeast part of Indiana where I live, it is one of the best places in the country to live. When you talk about uh, income versus cost of living, it's so cheap to live here. I mean, I bought a seven-acre piece of property, Zach, with a house on it that you could live in. I mean, it's not a fancy house, but a decent house. Um, it completely secluded, quarter mile back in the woods, old growth oak and pine, beautiful spread. I paid one hundred and fifty thousand dollars for it. <laughs> wow! And my our West Coast listeners just fell off their wrecked right. their cars. Who knows? Yes. Um So they're little, they mopeds. Living. Yeah. They're, they're mopeds. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. As they're yeah, going they to just their, spilled, their jobs.
0: They just spilled their latte all over their lap.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So cost of living and taxes, you know, I, I, I talked with you, Zach, we looked at the Pacific Northwest because uh, in Washington state, there's no income tax and in Oregon, there's no sales tax. So there are people who live along the Southern border of Washington state who work in Washington state, they don't pay income tax. Then they drive across the the river there, the Columbia river, and they do all their shopping in Portland or that, you know, wherever in, in Northern Oregon, and they don't pay uh, any sales tax on goods. So we, we calculated for us right away. That'd be a 13% tax. Uh, I'm boring everyone. I'll stop. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs>
0: right yeah okay so so we got that you know part of your calculus yeah. steps like I'm on your list guy. four five and six where how can i cheat the tax code yes and uh and get the most out of each dollar yeah. that i make
1: oh totally you know i want to pay what i owe but i don't want to pay more
0: <laughs> you know i i will say that um you know so i spent and you know this the audience might not so I'll, I'll reiterate it i spent 10 years as a high school and a middle school youth pastor mm-hmm and um and I had not just the opportunity to serve uh, under my dad Sandy Adams, but uh, his right hand man, a, a gentleman that's been with him almost from the beginning, James Chapman, was um, mm-hmm. like a second father to me. And and James always always made this statement that um, that there are two things that a kid needs to succeed. One, they need their parents to stay to stay married, mm. and two, they need to stay. In the same church and Mm. um and just over 10 years i was kind of able to place that particular theorem to the test by just observation and sure enough i mean a kid could go all over the place you know but if his if his parents loved each other and stayed together so his home his home unit remained uh, solid and the decision was made by the family to prioritize church so they didn't church hop they 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 found a church. They stayed in the church. They committed to the church, right? Um, and, and they made church a priority. That kid had two important aspects of their life, just on solid footing. Right. And it's ama- it's amazing. Just over ten years of watching how healthy those kids with those two dynamics. And so I, I will say that if you're thinking about moving, please consider church life yes Uh, consider church life consider your home life we'll talk about this more don't go anywhere we'll be right back on the outlaw radio show
1: hey this is josh again thanks for listening to the outlaw radio show we hope today's episode with zach and i is a blessing and that you're learning more kind of about everyday choices moving uh all these sorts of things what's important in your life We'll be back in just a moment, uh, and Zach's going to kind of turn the corner and ask me a little bit more personal and pointed questions. Don't go anywhere. Hey, this is Josh. You're listening to The Outlaw Radio Show in a special edition called The 751 Mile Conversation. Here's Zach and me, Josh Brown.
0: Welcome back to The Outlaw Radio Show.
1: You're listening to me,
0: my name is Zach, and a dear friend of mine, the producer of this show, his name is Josh. Josh, welcome back to the Outlaw Radio Show.
1: Thanks for having me, Zach. Um, I think this is fun. You've thrown me under the bus a couple times, <laughs> but it's still okay. <laughs>
0: well, so you you made a decision to move. Yes. And weighing all of the factors, the, the decision was... Um, Man, we need to stay in the community that we're in. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, there's some pros and cons by moving to other places, um, like South of where you are away from the cold and the snow uh the, the sandy beaches of florida i was yes. in, i was in full support of you buying a beach house that i could vacation at that uh, still, still might hope, happen still hope that you will that would be wonderful <laughs> but when it but when it came down to it like you could have moved closer to an airport you travel a lot I you do. could have moved in different places for financial reasons small business yeah um, yep. but it really did boil down to um church life family life It did. and and I think that's such a wonderful exhortation to anyone that is maybe presently weighing some decisions. And, and just because there are churches maybe in the area you plan to move to doesn't mean that they're good churches. And well so said. I would just, I would just encourage like if you're, if your business, if, if your work is trying to transfer you to another town, don't just go to that town and scope out real estate places to move or houses, but go and visit churches Check out churches, visit churches.
1: Zach, and I, I would contend that that should be first. I think truth. before a person starts looking at real estate, if you're listening and you've got a, a boss who's ready to to give you the promotion and move you um, to another city, I really think your first priority should be a, a body of believers that are like-minded people who are going to share your values as a parent, share your values uh, just as a believer uh, because the rest of your life really flows out of that life in Jesus. It really does. So if you move to a place, yeah, you may be making a, a ton more money, but if, if you're not receiving the life of God that happens from fellowship and community and worship and study I contend that it's probably going to break down after a period of time, and that big fat bank account isn't going to mean a thing then.
0: I think that that's perfectly well said. And and I just, once again, these are things that we're living with, things that we're dealing with. Uh, The decision to move for me was (laughs) very simplistic. Um, I needed to be closer to Calvary 316, and uh, and so we moved closer to the church. And, And like your situation, I mean, our life is... Is immersed in the church, mm-hmm. and and I love it because that's that's how I grew up, and and I can see now looking back just the wonderful blessings and benefits um, of being connected had, and uh, and I want to ensure more than anything else, you know, my job as a dad is to, yeah put a roof over my kids' head and to provide for them practically, but but my number one job is to be the high priest of my family, mm. and in that context, um, I need all the help that I can get. And um, and I'm not going to just limit that to what I can do. I, I need the body of believers. I need other men, you know, other influences, youth pastors, and children's directors, and mm-hmm. and uh, vacation Bible school organizers, and all of those things to come alongside to reinforce the things, you know, that I'm that I'm that I'm teaching them at home. And um, and I think that that's just that's just solid solid advice. And yeah. uh, and so if you're if you're trying to make those decisions, hey, take a little grain of salt, take a, a little bit of wisdom. Uh, we're two knuckleheads who have no idea what we're doing, <laughs> but these are the things that, that we're weighing and the things that we're factoring. You gain the whole world, but lose your soul. You know, you you increase the bank account, Amen. you get the career promotion, um, the house is bigger, but there's no church. Hmm. And um, and I'm with you. I think that those are things. That you always need to take into account. Now you mentioned something, I believe it might have even been back in the first block about um, coming out of kind of a toxic church environment. Oh, are we really um, going to go here? Why not, man? Oh. I, I think I think that there's a lot of people that this yeah. that this particular topic yeah. um, is very relevant for because yep. because you you were in, and let me set it up this way: you were in what you knew to be a toxic church environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. that you, that you hung on to for probably years, yeah, because because God had called you to submit to mm-hmm. the authorities he placed uh, over you. And from a biblical standpoint, I have so much respect for that because people people are so quick to just bail on a church, yeah. to leave a church, to just say, "Oh, well this is not working out the way that I want it to." And, and just kind of skirting the whole thing of God's providence. God's led you there to be accountable and to submit to authority. Now, there's a a, a point in which you have to then, you know, make, make an ultimate decision. Um, tell a little bit of of your story. Um, and let's try to leave out names. You know, the, the, the intention here is not to, to point out one particular church or, you know, but, you know, with Calvary Chapel, you did go yeah. to a Calvary Chapel, you were involved in a Calvary yep. Chapel, you got saved in a Calvary Chapel, your parents went to this Calvary Chapel. Yeah. And over time, yeah. you started leading worship, became an elder, right? I mean, you were very, very plugged
1: in. I was. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I, I didn't get saved at this church. I, I got saved um in the hood in Fort Wayne, Indiana, just me, <laughs> um, alone with the Lord. No altar call, no nothing, but... Uh, yeah, I was a part of a Calvary Chapel church that was absolutely thriving. I mean, it's, it's where I live. It's out in the middle of a cornfield and, you know, at its, at its prime, every night we were in an old high school building at its prime, Zach, we had every night of the week, you know, we had a Calvary Chapel Bible college extension campus with new numbers of students, two nights a week. We had men's and women's ministry. We had a homeschool, uh, cooperative. We had divorce care. We had a drug and alcohol ministry. Um, it was just amazing, and people were getting saved, and people uh, were were their lives are being changed. And I got saved from a radical lifestyle, and I knew God had called me to ministry. But I was completely useless. <laughs> I mean, I got I got kicked out of school. Two months left to graduate. I, I have a GED. That's it. Man. One
0: one might say that you still are completely useless. <laughs> which is what makes you very useful to Jesus.
1: Grace, grace Amen. man is the impetus of my life um for yeah, sure. He,
0: he definitely doesn't call the equipped, he equips <laughs> the called. My goodness. And and uh and and I always say that you know <laughs> i have somebody come up to me and say, Hey, that was a great sermon this morning. God really spoke through you. And my answer is if, 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 God can speak through a donkey, it really has zero to do with me. Yeah. And, um, and I'm just, I'm humbled that I could be used in any way. So you're at this church, you're doing yes. your thing. Yes. Pick it up. Continue.
1: Yeah. And that's kind of where his productions got started. That's where radio started coming into my life. We had full power radio stations at this church. Um, In the early 2000s, uh, our pastor taught a seven-part series called Fables, Myths, and Traditions in the Church. And Zach, you, you and I have talked about this, but it was predominantly, it wasn't even really taken from the Bible. It was reading huge sections of encyclopedias and history books. Most people know, if you've done any kind of research about the history of the modern church as we understand it. From the third century on, there was this thing called syncretism that took place. What is that? Okay, listeners, that is when the church of Jesus Christ, the believing uh, Christian church from the first century on, as we read about in the Bible, was sort of married to pagan culture, and that began in the third century. And I'm, you can look all this stuff up yourself. So in this series, Zach, the pastor really kind of started talking about what we, you know, Paul talks about putting off deeds of the flesh and then putting on. And so, and and just like Jehovah's Witnesses and other radical groups, he started talking about Christmas, started talking about birthdays, the names of the week. You know, Monday is named after the moon God, Tuesday, the Teutonic God, Wednesday, Wooden Odin. Sunday is the venerable day of the sun. Right, and that sort of led us into uh, what is now currently called Messianic or Hebrew roots movement thinking. And if you're a listener right now and you've been involved with the church at all, this is this is a movement that's gained some steam in the last probably five to ten years. Hmm. And so the Calvary Chapel we were involved with in Zach uh, was disassociated by uh, Pastor Chuck Smith himself. He called our pastor. Our pastor was a, a long-time Calvary pastor of 25, 27 years at that time. Uh, and told him, I'm sorry, the direction you're going is is really, rightfully so. You know, it was time for us to be something different. And we became a messianic church. So, Hey, hold that
0: thought. We're okay. running against a break. Don't go anywhere. We'll pick this thought up. Hear more on the Outlaw Radio Show. One of the missions of Outlaw Radio is to bring your attention to ministry resources that will benefit your personal study of the Bible and spiritual growth. With this in mind, we want you to check out Ravi Zacharias International Ministries. Not only is their vision to help the thinker believe, but they exist to help the believer think. To accomplish both of these aims, their website, rzim.org, is filled with tons of free resources aimed at not only answering your own difficult questions, but with the intention of providing the necessary tools To defend your faith in an ever-growing hostile world Once again, you can learn more about Ravi Zacharias' international ministries By visiting rzim.org That's rzim.org
1: Hey, this is Josh uh, coming back with you with the Outlaw Radio Show Zach is uh, pinning me against the wall I'm right here <laughs> I'm right here, man Asking me all these questions about past church life Um, yeah and so the church uh, to kind of pick up where we left off the church we were a part of became messianic it became hebrew roots and so we stopped meeting on sunday we started meeting on the seventh day sabbath so friday sundown to saturday sundown we would worship on on saturday um started observing the dietary laws not uh participating in traditional holidays um looking at the feasts uh, of the Lord as we read about in Leviticus 23 Passover right through to the Feast of Tabernacles.
0: So real quick, I we yeah. did we yep. did me and a group we did a big crawfish broil. Okay. Uh last weekend. Right. So Hebrew roots. No no bueno. No. No no participation. No bacon. No,
1: no bacon? Yeah. No all- wonder Pat No wonder Pastor Chuck asked you guys. <laughs> Yeah. So, so a, as we started along that line, Zach, it just kind of continued to get really, really, really radical. Got weird. Uh, it got weird. It got totally weird into the sacred name movement, which is a whole other sort of ta- tangent <laughs> rabbit trail of messianic thinking. So and how so, how
0: long did you stick this
1: out? Um, it was ten or twelve years, Zach. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, We, you know, and and the thing is a lot of the things that we learned in the Messianic and the Hebrew roots movement, (laughs) they're true. If you really study it and you really look at it, it's true. But to what extent you apply that and, and to what part of Christian life you apply that to is where it becomes extremely dangerous and it becomes modern day Phariseeism and and listener Pharisees were people in the Bible that took God's law to a, an unreasonable extreme, as well as added things to God's law that God never intended. Legalists. And so it was legalism, bro, to the very, very core, absolute legalism. For the last several years leading up to us, we knew, I knew God was calling us out and it just became very uncomfortable. I was the pastor at the board meeting, Uh, who was trying to be a voice of reason, trying to to right the ship while maintaining a heart of submission. Um, I'd been through division in the church before. I'd been through church splits and God spoke to me early on, don't be a part of a split. And I begged the Lord, don't allow me to be taken by the enemy and used in that way, even if there's false doctrine being taught, Lord. I don't want to be a part of that. And he answered my prayer. I've never been a part of that, even as as our family uh, left the church. Um, but it was Zach, it was horrible. I mean, it was bro. It was like somebody died. It was. And I know there's listeners out there. You've been through bad church situations. This is striking a chord. You know exactly what I'm talking about. It's like a divorce. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, the people, the, the, the man that I served, the pastor that I served, he was like a father to me. Uh, God called me to assist him. I was called to be an assistant pastor. Um, and, and it was, it was grievous because man, when, when things turned, I was just, I was like trash, man. I was nothing. Let me,
0: let me set this up with just a very quick devotion at just a, a biblical yeah. thought that I want to take this a certain direction. Ask you a very specific question. Okay. So have you ever read the book three Kings? It's an older book. It's kind of a, a Christian uh, classic, but
1: who's the author? It,
0: uh, I'm I'm blanking on it at the moment I'm looking okay. I'm looking here to see if I can if I can snag it but it doesn't really matter the books it's three kings and it's sure and it's it's a bit of a um a fictional look biblically based but a fictional look at three kings Saul King Saul King David and mm. then Absalom and the whole premise of the book and what what makes it I think a fantastic read and, and a necessary read for anyone that's listening just go to Amazon search three kings you'll find it. Is that that the premise is that God called? So you know, King David was anointed to be king over Israel while mm-hmm. Saul was still on the throne. David was a young man, anointed by God to be king over Israel, um, even during Saul's good years, and and there were many opportunities where David had, you know, right in front of him a chance to take the throne. Most notably, the the scene where him and his his you know, merry mm-hmm. merry band of of misfits are in the back of the cave, and Saul right. comes in to relieve himself and, right. and David and David cuts off just a corner of the garment, right? And he feels convicted by it. And he makes this statement, you know, who am I to mess with the Lord's anointed? And the premise was that Saul was anointed by God to be king presently. David was anointed to be king next. But what right did David have to take the throne? His job was to submit to King Saul, knowing that God could remove Saul at any point, and that in the process of this, what was God doing? God was working the Saul out of David, that, mm-hmm. that when God places us in a dynamic where we have to submit to an authority that really rubs us the wrong way, the whole intention in the submission is for God to rub those things out of us mm. that bug us, that bother us, and um, that, that that great on us because then when David is king, anointed, and Absalom then has his rebellion, what's David's reaction? David doesn't treat Absalom like Saul would have. Mm. David instead is like, okay, if 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 he's the anointed of God, who am I to stand in his way? Right. And then obviously the story unfolds and and God takes care of the dynamic because Absalom didn't have didn't have the blessing. I say that to set this up because what I find it very interesting is that you were in a dynamic, um, in a church, um, you knew there were some wacko things going on. Um, yeah. And you, and, you, and you submitted. You continued to submit. Yeah. For years, you continued to submit until it reached a point where it was like, this is no longer healthy and God's, God said you can leave. And that was messy. Yeah. What do you think, now that you're looking back on it, those years of submission, what did God teach you or work out of you that makes you a better man today as a result?
1: Yeah, you know, I, I think it was it was early on. I read a book by uh, Larry Taylor. Um, it's a little purple book, Zach. I know you've you've probably read it. It's the Ministry of the Assisting Pastor, uh, and Larry was one of Chuck Smith's assistants. Um, so I, I think I've I've become a better person um, by learning to submit even when I don't agree. And, and the reason why I say that is that. There's so many differences in the body of Christ. There's so many unique things that people think and believe and do in ministry, um, and that's helped me in even my relationship with my wife. I'm called to lead my home, no doubt about it. The scriptures are clear, but there's a mutual submission that God requires in in a, in the the relationship of a husband and a wife. There have been times where I've been blind in certain situations, and because God is taught me some things about submission i've been able to submit to my wife in certain areas and been able to listen actually and say, you know what honey i realize you're right here and a lot of times that happens after the fact <laughs> guys if you're s- stubborn like me then you probably have that same testimony but uh, i think it's <laughs> speak, strengthened my speak, marriage speak for yourself i yeah. <laughs> i never have that dynamic. i think it i think that it's it's helped me in my marriage uh i think that it's it's helped me as a parent. Um, I think it's helped me to be a listener, you know, someone who um, doesn't always spout his opinion, who even if I hear something that sounds to me kind of stupid, not to say that I might think it, but not to say it. What about um, church
0: life? What about
1: church life? Church life, it's been, it's been very good because, you know, for instance, right now I'm involved in a church that's totally unique and different than what I've ever been a part of, Zach. Zach. And they do things differently than, than I've, I've known and I've understood in church. But what I've been able to do is go back and, and, and really recall that scripture. Jesus said that you'll know a tree by its fruit and wisdom is justified by her children. So when there's good kingdom fruit, that's the barometer for submission and obedience. Even if I don't understand it, I don't have to understand to obey God. I don't have to understand to submit to him. But when I see God's fruit happening in people's lives around me, that is a key. Hey, Josh, even though you don't get this, you need to submit because I'm doing a work here. You're just too thick headed to see it. Just, just fall in line, do what you need to do. And that's been a real blessing.
0: That's, that's awesome. Josh, thank you so much for being on the show as always.
1: It's a joy. So,
0: I know, I know I ambushed you about all types of things. <laughs> and, and, uh, and when we do this again, you can You're reciprocate up. and yeah, you can, you can, you can turn the tables here. <laughs> On me, but I thought that these things were relevant and and beneficial to the audience. So thanks for being with us, brother. Glad to be here. Well, you've been listening to the Outlaw Radio Show. If you liked what you heard, I want you to do two things. I just want to encourage you to do two things. First, contact your local radio station and tell them that you're thankful not only that they exist, that they're doing what they're doing in your community, but that they've taken a chance on the Outlaw Radio Show and and they're broadcasting us as well. The second thing I want to encourage you to do is to visit our website, our website, Uh, Our website is outlawradio.org. Now, the reason I want you to check out the site is really twofold. Uh, First, there's easy ways that that you can contact us, from our email address to Facebook to Twitter, all of that stuff. You can also give us a call at 678-883-3316. But the most important thing is you can access our podcast, which is available on both iTunes and Google Play you can listen again to this episode as well as all of the previous episodes once again I'm Zach Adams and I hope you join me again this time next week for the outlaw radio show
1: you've been listening to the one and only outlaw radio show with Zach Adams as mentioned if you like what you heard be sure to connect with us on Facebook Follow us on Twitter or check out our website by visiting outlawradio.org. To listen again to today's show, access our daily two-minute broadcast or full-length episodes, check out the Outlaw Radio podcast, available on both iTunes and Google Play. Once again, don't forget, we want to hear from you. If you have questions, want to challenge something that was said, or would like to submit topics you'd like to hear Zach discuss on air, you can either email us at info at outlawradio.org, or you can leave a voicemail at 678-883-3316. Finally, programs like Outlaw Radio are wonderful tools God can use to change lives. But as with any ministry, there are expenses involved. First, if you're not tithing to your local church, you need to do so. And yet, if God has laid it upon your heart to extend your generosity above and beyond your tithe, we'd ask that you prayerfully consider supporting Outlaw Radio. Every donation ensures this show remains on your local station. To learn how you can become a financial partner, please visit outlawradio.org. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We hope you join us again next week for the Outlaw Radio Show with Zach Adams. Outlaw Radio is a ministry of Calvary 316 in partnership with His Productions.